Welcome to Let's Talk Wellness, where we will be sharing insights into the world of mental health and wellness as we explore traditional medicine and holistic healing options. It's time to have new conversations about mental health. Join Mara James, the founder and CEO of the Hugs for Life Healing Center, as she guides us along this journey. And now, let's talk wellness. Welcome to Let's Talk Wellness. I am your host, Mary James, and I'm excited to introduce you to a certified nutritionist and an international peace advocate, Donna Schuler. Hey there. How are you, Mara? Great to be on with you. Good. It's so great to see you today. It's so before, a- we, before we get started, I want to share with our friends how we first met because it really, it always gives me a little giggle. Yes, please do. We have a common mutual friend and Barbara says, oh, Mary, you need to meet Donna and you need to go to this fearless women's group in Newport. And I was like, "Okay, great. And um, I went and I sit down and I find out that it was Bible study, which is kind of humorous for those of you that know me know that I'm Jewish. And but it was so beautiful because you start opening up and you're talking about the word Shalom and Mm -hmm. talking about Jesus and about peace. And I just felt so at home. So it was just such a beautiful experience that first time oh. we met. Well, thank you. I, I, it was beautiful for me too. And I loved having you there. I loved our interview, my interview with you about your amazing Elf Foundation and what you do for mental health, especially uh, working with children. And you're making a huge difference. And, you know, what you do matters. And um, I think we're like-minded in that way. And, you know, it really doesn't matter if you're Jewish, Christian, Muslim, it doesn't matter what your faith is. If you have common goals, you work together because really there's one God. That's it, one God. (laughs) I I love it. That's so beautiful. Okay, and we're not here to talk about me. We're here to talk about you. So why don't you share with us a little bit um, about you personally and your past and then where your passions um, now lie. Sure, sure. Love to do that. Um, Well, you introduced me as a certified nutritionist, which I am. I became a certified nutritionist because my youngest son, who's now 33, almost 34 years old, he happens to be a chiropractor. So he's a professional married with a baby, a wife and a baby. And uh, like I said, he's the youngest of four. He was uh, very ill as a child. And without going to any details right now, you can ask me later um, if you want. <laughs> he, um, I just had to start studying nutrition. Now, you have to remember, this is before you just googled something and went online and just you know i had to order books uh through uh 800 numbers and uh, i had to do all this research reading i couldn't just you know type in like i said the google bar hey my child is hyperactive what to do that wasn't there um 30 years ago just wasn't you know when he was almost four years old so it was a process for me and that i realized that what i fed him um, really made a difference in his daily performance and his ability to adapt or to fit in, in some cases, to the school system, to um, friendships, to, uh, to fit in better to our family so that he wasn't having meltdowns all the time. And that's really how I started as a certified nutritionist. So I have four kids. They're all grown. They all have children. I have eight grandchildren. That's my greatest joy. And that's what I was doing earlier when uh, we were I think, I, uh, well, no, I was going to get back to you via text. I think I said I'm babysitter or something. I'll get back to you. 
but I do that a lot. And uh, again, it's just my greatest joy. So I've continued to study nutrition through the years. I don't do it full time anymore because I incorporate it. And this is where we relate. I incorporate it into the whole person, the body, the mind, right? The mental and the spirit or the soul. And I, you cannot separate those three parts of the body. God made us body, mind, soul or spirit. Some people like to call it spirit and we won't get into the difference there, but you know, and um, it's, it's a beautiful thing when you realize that um, we're created that way and we're supposed to be balanced as balanced as possible. And it's hard work. It's hard work to do that sometimes. Sometimes we're emotionally healthy. We're not physically healthy because we're eating wrong. We're not getting asleep. Sometimes when we're spiritually healthy, we're not um, mentally healthy. And, you know, it just, there's this, this quagmire that we're in and it's really, um, it shouldn't be a lot of work, but sometimes it is. And, you know, life is full of ups and downs and we got to do our work and we have to take responsibility for our own health and for the health of our children. So, uh, I don't know if that's kind of a long way to answer, but that's no, kind that's of it. Beautiful. That's beautiful. And um, so, wow, you had to read those books instead of Googling. That is so profound. We're definitely yeah. spoiled now. Um, right. And if you're open to speaking about your son, because I have three children, my middle one, 22, the 22 year old at six years old was diagnosed with Asperger's and ADHD. And he was such a piggy eater. And I, for whatever reason was not into nutrition. I was just grateful to get anything into him. And then I, you know, and it's crazy as I felt like he was craving carbs, which was the worst thing for him. Right. So yeah. what um, would you, I don't know if you feel comfortable sharing about your son and, sure, what sure. and what you found that was really helpful for him. Sure. Absolutely. Uh, my son was, yeah, again, like it, people cr that crave carbohydrates, children that crave carbohydrates, since we're talking about children, it's because it's a quick fix. It's like self-medicating. The sugar makes them feel good. The carbohydrates have high levels of sugar, right? So it gives them that insulin boost and makes them feel so good. It also makes them hyperactive and it also makes them crash when they come down from the, the insulin boost. And um, I found out right away, one of the things I discovered is my son needed a high protein diet. So I would literally some mornings when he got to be an older uh, elementary school kid, like nine, 10 years old, I would chase him out of the house. You forgot your drink. You forgot your protein drink this morning. Get back here. And I had all kinds of herbs in there and vegetables, but a lot of protein, a lot of protein powder. And it made all the difference in the world. And I also noticed he wasn't, even though he wanted waffles for breakfast, I always give him scrambled eggs and turkey bacon. Typically we don't eat pork and that's a whole nervous, another subject, right? <laughs> we eat turkey, bacon and uh, the good healthy guy. So I would chase him out of the house with the protein drink. But before that, he would hopefully sit down and eat his eggs. And of course I didn't deprive him of toast or anything like that, but just that wasn't the first thing in his body. It was always something that was going to be calming for him. So I, yeah, and I find for for everybody, children and adults, it's so important. Um, my daughter, when she played softball, and all of her friends, I would you know think, oh, it's so, so healthy, giving her fruits. So I give her watermelon and grapes, and she would crash and be nasty at yes. the end of her third game. And then I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna let her have that cheeseburger, whatever. And it was unbelievable. She was like, yeah, all happy go lucky. It's amazing. So whether you can or not see it as a diagnosis, I think for everybody eating higher protein and lower carbs, lower sugar is profound. 
Exactly. Most people, most people need that. And, you know, I also believe in high amounts of uh, green leafy vegetables. Um, if you can get your kids to eat raw vegetables, that's great. Like celery, um, sugar snap peas, and then serve it with a hummus. Oh, yeah. um, it, carrots, of course, uh, apples. I mean, there's lots of good things that are low sugar. And not to say you can never have those high sugar fruits. You can have them sometimes, but they shouldn't be the mainstay, the main thing that kids eat. Because again, sugar is sugar is sugar, the way it hits the brain. And um, it's, it's real important. It's just real important to try yeah. to do the balance thing. For sure. And definitely could be challenging. So are you working, who are your clients now? Do you work with children, adults, parents? I typically work with uh, female children uh, all the way, you know, up through adolescence, college girls, all the way up through women, grown women. And um, I just decided to specialize in women because I just could relate to them more. They could relate to me. I still have a heart and a passion to help young men, but I, you know, you can't help everybody. So I focus on helping the, the women and the girls. And that's what I like to do. And um, I think because, not I think, I know because, you know, I was a young girl once and I know some of the challenges I face. So again, I'm counseling people, coaching people, uh, consulting with people um, on the whole person. So typically when I talk to a young woman, I will start by asking them about their family life, about their, if they're underage, of course, I get permission from their parents to ask certain questions, but you know, it's not nothing weird, but it's about the family life. Um, are they happy at school? How are their friends? Um, do they feel satisfied? And then I actually always ask about their relationship with God. How's your relationship with God? I don't proselytize them. I don't tell them what to believe, but I just ask them, what is your relationship like with God? And I have found more times than not when a kid often would just, you know, a girl would put her head down. And just when I ask that question, how's your relationship with God? This is like, when I get this, I know something's going on spiritually. And from there, I, you know, it just, it really depends, but I only go so far. And then I always refer people out. I always refer clients out to people that know more than I do about certain subjects, because I'm sort of like the intake person and I can do really well with certain things like diet and exercise. That's really my that's really my strong suit. And if people want to learn more about spirituality, you know, I'm a pastor, so I'm a Christian pastor's wife and a, a pastor myself, a lay pastor. So of course I'm passionate about that, but I realized that, um, I, you know, like I said, I don't ever try to convert somebody that's God's job. And I just want to make sure they're on the right path and that they're healthy emotionally, physically, and spiritually. So I do that intake and oftentimes I refer out, but not always. So that's what I, what it kind of specializes in. So when they come to you, are they coming primarily? So they think, you know, for issues eating, Yes. you know, whether or not yes. so some might, some might not have like an eating disorder. And then from there, that's the, the entryway. And then you could help them. And that's yes. beautiful because, you know, people emotionally eat, right? Yes. And everything's yes. moderation. If something's going on, there's a lot of things show up um, in eating disorders. 
Yeah. And I will refer people out really quickly. I, I have had some training in how to, you know, identify and, and work with people at a, in a very limited basis on eating disorders, but I, that is not my specialty. There's people that are really good at working with, with uh, girls and boys and men and women that have eating disorders. And um, so, like I said, I will refer them out. Same with any other sort of a psychological issue that I might think, you know, is there, is present. Um, again, that doesn't happen very often, but I will, if it's more serious than I think I should be dealing with, again, I will refer them out to a licensed, um, uh, uh, usually a psychologist. So. Love that. Wonderful. So let's shift a little. Um, you shared with me that you're most proud of being an international peace advocate with the Global Peace Foundation which is an yes. interfaith organization that helps families of all faiths worldwide. Wow. Can you share with us about that? Because that is just beautiful. Well, thank you. And yes, I am. I love my work I do with them. Um, I, that's what I really miss about the whole shutdown and the change in the world with this virus. And I haven't been able to meet uh, in person with the, these groups of women, and actually they're men and women. And then I focus in on the Global Peace Women aspect of the Global Peace Foundation. But what I love to do is I love to travel um, and I, I participate in their seminars and their, um, their global, they're global, called Global Peace Festivals actually. And they come up, they used to be once a year in Korea, in one of the African nations. I've been to South America. I've been to, um, gosh, I've been to all through Indonesia with them. And I know I'm leaving something out, but it doesn't really matter. The point is what I've learned is everybody's the same. We all want the same for our children, our loved ones. We want them to be brought up with hope and faith and security and health. And, you know, I could go on and on, but we all want the same thing. I have never met a mother in one of these meetings. And a lot of times, you know, there's, I have translator, they speak no English. So I'm up there speaking going, Oh, I hope they, I hope they're getting this message. Not sure it's going through, but um, I, I speak with a translator. So, um, but I have learned that like during the Q and A, and again, they have a translator for me. Um, I've learned that we all want the same thing and working with people of different socioeconomic levels and all these, some of these, the poorest countries and also various um, religions. I mean, you name it. So it's an interfaith group. And if you ever want to grow in your own faith, you just need to get out of your bubble. Right. And I'm not talking to you, of course <laughs> you get out of your bubble. You're doing great. But, um, people in general, they need to get out of their bubble, whether it's Orange County or California or the United States. And again, it's harder to do today, but you know, we're not the end all. I mean, God doesn't love us any more than he loves the person sweeping the floor in some little shack in the deepest village in Africa. And you could use that, you know, Afghanistan, you could throw out um, any, any of the Middle Eastern countries, any of the South America, anywhere, Mexico. I mean, our neighbor, God doesn't love me more than he loves that person with that just what we might think is an unimportant position in society everybody's important and you just have to travel more to figure that out that you know there's a big world out there and god loves us all and i'm just i'm just honored that i've been 
and, and just, I feel so fortunate that I've been able to travel with this group. And I've been, we've been doing this because my husband's on the board and he was a founding member and I'm on the women's board, uh, Global Peace Women. And I've been on the founding board and I believe the Global Peace Women has been since about 2012 and the Global Peace Foundation has been since 2008. So we've been involved every year for many, many years now. And, and like I said, very rewarding and um, it's just very rewarding and talking about diet and the home and that's challenging. Imagine being in a foreign country and trying to think about what to tell them. But at the end of the day, it's easy. Just eat food as close to the way God made it. Okay. So as close as possible to the way God made it. So in other words, an organic apple tree in your backyard, I'm using apple as an example, would be the best way, but most of us don't have organic apple trees in the backyard. So you go to an organic food stand, or then you go to organic market or, you know, and blah, 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 blah. And the further it gets away from that apple in your backyard, like a, an apple pie filled with white sugar, I'm not saying never eat that. I'm just saying if that's what you eat, that's the only way you eat an apple. Again, I'm using an apple as an example because it's a simple one. Um, and, it, and it was also in the Garden of Eden, Eden basically, <laughs> by the way, right? Uh, but um, I just... I just tell people, no matter where they are, eat unprocessed food as much as possible. That's the message. So that's easy one to, yeah. to uh, convey. And that connection between the, you know, that and mental health is profound. Oh, absolutely. Profound. Yep. And they have the same mental health issues all over the world. I mean, we, um, as a privileged society, um, and people, I think most people realize we are one of the wealthiest countries in the world. Uh, most countries, they, you know, averages was, I think $2 a day is what people's wage was, uh, $2 a day uh, globally. That's the average income. So we are way above average. And um, so we've been blessed to have all these food choices, but uh, we all have and, and excuse me, because of that, we have different mental health issues and sometimes more mental health issues because we've gotten away from that Garden of Eden eating, so to speak. I love that. I love that. And also what you said before is so profound. I feel like because of Zoom, it makes us all equal, right? If we're on right now with the Queen of England and the President yes. and the garbage man, we're all yes. the same size in the box. It's yes. so beautiful and profound. This has been amazing. We're going to take a quick break and come back with okay. some more great questions. So stay okay. tuned, everybody. In these shifting and changing times, more and more lives are being impacted by mental health. The Extraordinary Lives Foundation, also known as ELF, is transforming the way people view and navigate mental health challenges. Their mission is to improve children's mental health and wellness and support families by providing educational tools, resources, and awareness events. ELF encourages families to recognize symptoms, overcome the stigma, and reach out for help. Through prevention, early intervention, and holistic treatment, we believe many of the big problems facing today's youth can be transformed within a generation. Extraordinary Lives Foundation is excited to offer the Hugs for Life Healing Center, growing a worldwide network of approved holistic healers and bridging the gap between traditional and complementary healing options. Visit the Extraordinary Lives Foundation website at www.elfempowers.org to find out more about their resources and events. Together, 
we can change the conversation around mental health. that you're enjoying today's Let's Talk Wellness podcast. And if you have a topic that you would like us to explore, we would love to hear from you. Simply email us at info at elfempowers.org. That's info at elfempowers.org. And now back to the show. Welcome back to Let's Talk Wellness. I'm your host, Mary James. And today we have a certified nutritionist and an international peace advocate, Donna Shulak. Hi, great to be back. <laughs> and I think I said it uh, more New York, Shula versus Shuler. So sorry. Either way. I always call you um, Mara. And it, I mean, I call you Mara and it's Mara. So right, exactly. Okay, so, you got that's me back. so funny. <laughs> um, so I would love for you to share with us about the book that you wrote, Healthy Family, Happy Life. Sure. Um, like I said, this isn't this isn't an advertisement. In fact, I think it's out of print. And there's probably some copies on Amazon. There always are, right? But it's called Healthy Family, Happy Life. I wrote this when my daughter was pregnant with her first baby. She is at the back. So that's my mom, me, and my daughter when she's pregnant with her first baby that's seven years old. So that's how old it is. But some of this is timeless. And the subtitle is What Healthy Families Learn from Healthy Moms. And, you know, I've had it when, when this first came out and I was kind of touring around speaking on it, I had people say, well, what if I didn't have a healthy mom? And you have to realize you have to be sensitive to that, right? Not everybody had a healthy mom, but the answer is it's never too late. You can either be a healthy mom to others, even if you don't have your own children, the healthy aunt, the healthy cousin, the healthy neighbor to your best friend's child. Uh, but it's never too late. Even if your mom didn't give you these skills, it's never too late. Even if you're, you know, I'm in my sixties. So I learn, I learn new stuff every day, you know? And uh, so anyway, so that's why I really still like the subtitle. I was thinking of get, doing away with it when I reprint it, but I like it because healthy families do learn from mom, you know, right. You know, the saying when mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. And we have a little sign in our house, right. It says that <laughs> it's true. For sure. So, yeah. And yeah. And it's interesting with the times, like, you know, I think there were TV dinners in the past, right. Yes. Yes. It was easier for the working mom or something. And it was it's so unbelievable to look at those um, prepackaged foods and see, isn't it? Isn't it? it? Is. But, I know. Um, you know, we as survived. we were speaking about before, the, you know, having organic food, which is ideal and amazing, it costs more money. And absolutely, people that live apartment buildings that don't have access just to go to a backyard and plant their own tree, or they don't have the funds to be able to afford it, it just breaks my heart. Mine too. Mine too. I actually had somebody at a conference, actually it was here in Southern California, and um, we had, we had, um, we were very sensitive to the group we were talking to because we realized we were in a lower income group and they couldn't just go out to, you know, Whole Foods market and load up their shopping cart. So um, we were sort of, I was with a group of women, we were gearing towards a different group than just, oh yeah, let's just go to Whole Foods and spend a hundred dollars or more. So I remember one gal though, didn't understand it. And she came to me later and she said, don't tell them not to eat organic. You can't do this. They're going to get sick. And I looked at her and I said, you have to be sensitive to your population. And again, I learned that as traveling internationally, but I do have, um, I'm looking at the ch first chapter in my book was, is 
uh, the importance of a well-balanced diet. So we talked a little bit earlier about eating as food as close to the way God made it as possible, meaning natural, no chemicals, no additives, no food dyes, and it is expensive. But the number one thing that I have here, and I actually forgot, and I'm, actually, I'm revisiting this because I'm doing this right now, plant your own vegetable garden. And if you think you can't do it because you don't have a yard, my husband and I are semi-retired. We live in a townhome. I'm looking at my balcony outside right now. And on this side of me, in front of me is a balcony. And um, I don't have much room, but guess what? I'm composting. I, I bought some worms to help with the composting, which breaks down the, you know, all the muck. And I'm going to be replanting a vegetable garden, which I haven't had since I owned a home. And I haven't owned a home in about eight, nine years now. Because like I said, my family's grown. They moved out of the house a long time ago. You'll get there, by the way. <laughs> Takes a while, but you'll get there. So the first thing is um, plant your own vegetable garden. I'm just going to rewrite it here a little bit. Even if the space you have is a small one, the goal is to consume fresh vegetables. And there's a lot of uh, community gardens now. So one of the things your listeners can do is Google and search for community gardens in their area, even if they live in a very small apartment. And you know what you do when you do that? Not only are you teaching your kids to eat healthier, but you're teaching your kids how to work with the soil, how to appreciate where the food comes from. It's just, it's a learning experience all the way around. And guess what? They will eat it if they grow it. I've seen this, right? I mean, they will eat it. If they grow it. They'll go, oh, I grew that. I got to taste it. Maybe they didn't like lettuce before. But um, so that's number one. Number two, and this is very interesting to parents, but a lot of parents serve buffet style now. And once in a while, that's okay. I do that on the big holidays. But you need to be in charge of your own kitchen. Don't just let your children, your nephews, your nieces, your friends, don't just let them help, your, help themselves to your kitchen. And there's a few reasons. But to me, one of the main reasons is you monitor what they're eating. And you, as a parent, are in control of what they're eating. If you don't monitor your kitchen at all, and they just have a free-for-all, how do you know what they're snacking on unless, you know, you're out of it? And you go, oh, darn, they ate those all so fast, which kids, um, uh, you know, tend to do. So I say it's like being in charge of their dietary destiny because you're teaching them things. And right. And oftentimes, if you don't put it on their plate, they won't grab it because they're like, I don't like that, mom. And sometimes they don't like it. I don't I'm not one for forcing them to eat anything. So uh, you want me to tell what number three is? Sure. Okay. See, uh, teach portion control and a taste for various foods. So again, that's another benefit of serving the food. Even if they, you know, your kid doesn't like uh, broccoli, just throwing that one out, um, put it out there anyway, and make sure that in that way, you're teaching portion control. Again, if you throw your kids in front of a buffet every time, they may just load up on what they love, you know, boom, 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 and go, I don't want that. If you have the little food groups in front of them, they're going to be more than likely to develop a taste for them and also know what healthy portion control is so they don't overeat or, or undereat. Um, and then again, we talked about eat natural and organic. Um, avoid fast food restaurants is number five. You know, people, it's amazing to me. I don't know if it's still this way, but when I was raising my kids, so many women I went to the gym with wouldn't be caught dead eating at a fast food restaurant, but they would drive their kids through there like all the time. And I'm thinking, well, you won't eat there. And what is it doing to that little teeny body, all those chemicals? So fast food is fake food. And um, 
again, you know, everything in moderation, I'm not saying never, 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 never do this. Because if you say never to your mind, first thing you're, all your mind does is think about what that never, you say never, never eat a fast food French fry. All your mind thinks is French fries, French fries, French fries. <laughs> so um, I always, oh, six, um, serve something raw at every meal. I don't mean raw meat. We talked about this a little bit, like sliced carrot, celery, apples. Um, it provides enzymes. Enzymes are sort of like what helps your life move along in every different cell in your body. And um, you also need them to help digest your food. So just cut up anything, oranges, apples, carrots, celery, and put them in the, I, sometimes I put those in the middle of the table just as a snack. I do that for my grandchildren now. Um, let's see, prepare your food in advance if you can. That way your, your family won't just grab for something junky. If you have like your uh, celery, your carrots, your sugar snap peas already washed in the little bags in the refrigerator, that's what they can grab. And same for us as adults. That's what I know. I grab, I go right into the refrigerator and go, oh, what's at eye level? I'm hungry. <laughs> and uh, I'm almost done. Let's see, we have, oh, serve protein. We talked about protein, how important that is for mental health and just the, the biological processes in the, in the body that feed the mind and feed the spirit. So, you know, it's a building block for your brain, the protein. So, and there's different ways to have protein. You can eat nut protein, you can eat, um, protein in protein bars, as long as there's not a lot of sugar, meat. I mean, some people are vegetarians, pescatarians, but I, I'm not. I just happen to eat really high quality meat and chicken. And I don't really like chicken, but I'll eat turkey is my favorite. But make sure your kids are getting enough um, protein. And I also shared earlier about my son. I would chase him out the door with a protein shake and it made all the difference in his life. And they don't even know you put, you know, chocolate protein powder, and then you throw all the vegetables in there and a couple of supplements, you know, like in a, the dropper bottle, they don't even know what they're drinking. They just think it's a milkshake. Yeah. So. And chocolate peanut butter is one of my. Yes. Favorites. Chocolate peanut butter. That sounds good. I'm hungry. I can have one when I get off. <laughs> and then I have two more things. Just make mealtime special. Eat with your children so they can, you can teach them manners and all about why they should eat what you're serving. And you know what? At the end of the day, we always like to do this. We do it with our grandchildren now. You can sit there and you can ask them, what was the best thing that happened to you today? You know, not like how school, right? It was like, which is a closed in question, right? And open it. What's the best thing? And every kid, even if they had a bad day, can come up with the best thing. All of us can. What's the best thing? And last but not least, pray before a meal. You know, whatever your faith tradition is, pray. You're thanking God. You're honoring God for providing the meal. And you're also doing something spiritually, emotionally, you're calming yourself down and getting ready to receive this beautiful nutrition. So um, that's kind of my little synopsis on some healthy ways. That's beautiful. And just, yeah, being grateful for the food and making sure yes. the body and does all the good. I love that. Yes. Yes. So, um, the relationship between food, mental health, and spirituality and there's so many different connections there right so yeah, there are. so in your opinion can somebody be mentally healthy if a they're not eating properly and then b if they're not um if they don't believe in a higher power they're not connected um in my opinion you can be healthy in a way but i don't think you can have optimal health for yourself not comparing with anybody else not saying you'll be better than somebody else but 
you want to be the best person you can be. So uh, no, I don't believe if a person just has one area of their life that's like tip top, like let's just say they're addicted to exercise and that's all they do and they look fabulous, phenomenal. If they don't take care of the spiritual side and the emotional side, there's they're gonna they're gonna break. They're gonna break down at some point. I don't know when, but I, that's my that's my opinion from what I've seen. And what I believe professionally from what I've studied and yeah. So I hope I answered that. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I would definitely agree just where, you know, I used to be in my um, life before <laughs> I uh, met my, uh, you know, God higher power yes. and then yeah. where I am today. And, um, and I just think with mental health, you know, any amount of fear, anxiety, anger, resentment, blame, yes, is all something that you know God's not judging us. Why are we judging ourselves? And to be able to work through and to journey, trust me, it's taken seven years, but to shift yeah, all of that towards peace, faith, love, and trust. It's such a beautiful way to get there. And even yeah. that when I get there, like I'm at a point now that you know, I don't even need a drink. I'm always naturally like high. And I'm sure that's the same with you. And you become, yes, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I've been doing like this, you know, I've gained my COVID, however many pounds I'm doing this type of cleanse and I cut out all sugar, all carbs. Oh, and it's amazing. You know, once you withdraw from that, your body doesn't crave it. No, you know, it doesn't. Like exactly. You know, I love my caffeine, whether it's a little iced coffee yeah. or green tea or whatever, um, you know, but it's just unbelievable. Yes, it's, ama it's amazing. This body is fearfully and wonderfully made and we have everything it takes. If we just take care of ourselves, it's yeah. all right here within us. Yeah. And they always say it's important to take care of our bodies because they're the temple that carries around our soul. So that's exactly right. Oh, so important. See, that's why we connect. Yes. That's why we connected. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, Soul Sisters. So yeah. if people would like to get in touch with you, Donna, what would be the best way? Well, they can get in touch with me uh, via my email is the best way. Donna at DonnaShuler.com. And my name is D-O-N-N-A. And then the at sign, of course. And my last name, so it'd be Donna at Donna Schuler. My last name is spelled S-C-H-U-L-L-E-R.com. So Donna at DonnaShuler.com. Beautiful. And are you seeing clients or patients, whichever you refer to them as, in person, via Zoom, via FaceTime, via the telephone? Typically, I see clients uh, via telephone. I see, you know, it's very interesting. People are a lot more honest with me when I do an intake, sort of an initial and then continue on. Um, they're a lot more honest if they can just talk and not have me see, I don't, I, I don't quite get it, but I found that to be true. However, I will meet with somebody in person if they need to. Like I met with a, a really dear lady, um, more recently down in Carlsbad. I drove there actually every week for about a month because I was teaching her some breathing exercises and that's something that needs to be done in person and just, you know, she wanted me to meet person. So it just really depends. And that's so beautiful because most people would have the client come to them, but you, of course, drive there and that is beautiful. Well, I just worked out that way in that one case and I have done that before. So 
whatever it takes. It seems today though, you know, most people are really comfortable. We're getting more and more comfortable with Zoom and telephone calls and, you know, conference lines and all that stuff. So I fly, I guess I'm saying I'm flexible. <laughs> sure. Beautiful. Well, I'm still looking forward to seeing you uh, in the fall in person. Yes. <laughs> Me too. Me too. Donna, it's been such a pleasure having you today. Oh, oh, thank you. Thank you. And it's great our, being here. Yeah. And for all of our listeners and watchers, um, just don't ever forget, you are amazing. Absolutely amazing. All of you. <laughs> Have a great day or evening. Thank you. Thank you, Mir. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Let's Talk Wellness. This podcast has been brought to you by the Hugs for Life Healing Center, a division of the Extraordinary Lives Foundation, a 501c3 nonprofit organization. If you would like to listen to more conversations like this, we invite you to subscribe to our mailing list at www.elfempowers.org to be notified when our weekly episodes are published. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to bringing you our next conversation on Let's Talk Wellness.